My name is Scott Chaloner and this is the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on a wet and rather dreary winter morning here in the capital today, but I'm delighted to say that joining me on the programme to hopefully add a little bit of brightness and warmth to affairs is Mark Hodson, registered architect and director and founder of his own practice, Hodson Architects. Uh, Mark, very warm welcome to yourself and thank you very much for taking the time to uh, to join us today. It's a pleasure, Scott, and um, just so for completeness, here in Caister in Lincolnshire, the sun is just appearing over the housetops and uh, it's a nice day. Fantastic. Glad to hear that the weather's nice somewhere in the uh, the UK today, of course. Um, now, uh, Mark, um, just to, of course, contextualise uh, for those listeners tuning in that might not be familiar with yourself and your practice, um, you're an architectural practice, eponymous as well, Hodson Architects, and uh, you've been around since uh, 1992, I think I'm correct in saying, aren't I? Yeah, that's correct. Um, January Election Day, 1992, if anybody remembers John Major in his soapbox, it was that election. And uh, I'd been working for practice uh, in Grimsby, having worked in Manchester and London before that. And uh, I left by, I think the phrase is mutual consent, and um, literally found myself the next day with my box of pencils and pens and some tracing paper in my spare bedroom, saying, right, this is it then. This is me as a practice now. Yeah, brilliant. And were you thinking sort of in the run-up to that happening that maybe going into business for yourself and founding your own practice was going to be the way for you, or was it very much that sort of very split-second decision? I think it, it would have been my, um, not not dream as such, my, my ambition to have my own practice. Uh, I'd always wanted that to be a small practice, and um, the way that it came about was was not designed. It wasn't planned anyway. It, was, it, was, uh, it happened via circumstances. Um, but I, I guess there had been a crossover period as well where you kind of know the inevitable is coming at the place where you're working and you kind of just start to prepare for a few weeks, maybe even a couple of months for a, a way of doing things. Yeah, completely understand where you're coming from from that perspective. And when we talk about preparing, I suppose one thing that we weren't necessarily prepared for was the immense challenge that we've had over the uh, the last couple of years with the emergence of COVID, going back to sort of March 2020 and that sort of first national lockdown. Um, let's talk about that because it has been something that's affected so many businesses, so many industries um, for the last uh, 24 months. Um, how has it been for yourselves, would you say, yeah, Mark, trying to sort of navigate through this? What were some of the sort of operational challenges you found yourselves having to get to grips with? Yeah, it, yeah we, like everybody else, we went into lockdown March 2020 um, completely unprepared and uh, having to adapt to new modes of working. And, and, and at the time, back in the spring of 2020, we were, we were busy. Um, so we all uh, went off to work from home and, uh, and we were working quite successfully for a while on the projects that we had in hand. Um, and we were having sort of like everybody else, I guess, daily staff calls and they started off as being quite uh, business-like and related to projects and work but very soon turned into the social call of the day you know within literally within a couple of weeks there were a social call more than a a work-based call um i i have to acknowledge i i didn't get on with working from home at all um part of my role within hodson architects is a sort of um i guess front end and, and going out and meeting people and making connections and generating projects and, as I say, putting people together. And, of course, that, that element of work stopped completely during lockdown. So I was kind of at a bit of a loose end, I guess. 
And also, I'm, I'm a bit of a, a routine junkie. So uh, to not have that routine about getting up in the morning, you know, going through your preparations for the day and going into work, uh, to not have that, it just sort of set me off on a bit of a, uh, a sort of a, a wild course, really. I, I was kind of, I wasn't particularly good at it, is what I'm saying. So um, I did spend some of the time actually going into going into the office on my own and being in the office on my own and uh, and doing projects on my own. It was, it was rather like being a student again, uh, albeit with, with no social interaction at all. And really, as we were working through sort of April, May, June, um, the work that we had on, we were completing and no new work was coming in. So there was a very real challenge there about how we were going to um, get through that summer. And uh, it was one of my colleagues, actually, Greg, who said to me, look, Mark, I can see you're bored, aren't you? And I think I was, actually. And he said, well, look, why don't you pick up some of the threads of those projects that you've been working on for the last two, three years and work them through? It was unpaid work, but it was real uh, situations in terms of generating projects Mm -hmm. in the the town where I practiced, Grimsby. And I worked on a football stadium project and a regeneration project of an area of Grimsby, which you know, kind of uh, desperately needed it. And actually made the connections later on that summer and generated work, generated projects out of, uh, I guess, uh, that adversity, really, which was a real positive. Yeah, absolutely. And there's been some real triumph in the uh, the face of adversity over the uh, the last uh, two to three years, just given how business has been able to pivot and react to all of this. So really, really encouraging that you've been able to do the same in that sense. And I found it really interesting as well, Mark, how you sort of said about when you're working from home, the kind of work checking calls almost turned into sort of social events to try and kind of combat that isolation. And I guess when we were all sort of thinking about sort of how isolated we all were, how we could maintain morale, how we could maintain well-being. I suppose that sort of regular connection became something that was incredibly important. It, it did. I mean, it won't surprise you to know I'm the oldest person in our practice, uh, but we also have sort of um, students who are post-degree before they go to do their master's course uh, work with us. And it's incredibly valuable for them to to appreciate the workplace and, and uh, how colleagues uh conduct themselves and for them to be at home uh, working on their on their laptops and, and just communicating for half an hour a day via that call it was it, it was vital to them and we wanted to try and make sure that they were getting as much as they could get out of their year out uh, position with in, in terms of both social and, and work-based stuff it was a challenge but we, we, we just I guess essentially wanted to them to feel that they still belong they were still part of the team and we cared for them yeah exactly and um obviously with the work from home side of things as well you mentioned that you didn't enjoy it and that's perfectly understandable because it isn't a one-size-fits-all approach by any means and even though of course we're seeing amongst some businesses maybe a proliferation of remote working practices now maybe businesses are jettisoning their office space to save on a little bit of money and going fully remote i still think that in sort of the uh, the, bro- the broader spectrum perhaps the hybrid working pattern, if there is to be one, is probably going to be the way forward for a lot of businesses because you mentioned that need to go sort of go and work in the office, that feeling of routine there. And I think it's important to sort of drive innovation forward, isn't it? Especially in an industry such as yours. People need to be together. They need to be creative. They need to be bouncing ideas off each other. And if you can't have that in like a common office office space, let's say, 
I think you almost lose those water cooler moments. I think they call them in the States, don't they? Where, you know, you have those ideas and you're really driving ideas and innovations forward. And that's going to be incredibly important. So the office space, there is always going to be a place for it, I feel, isn't there? Yeah, I think it starts with the fabric of, of where, where you work. You're quite surprised you to know I'm an architect. Me saying that. But for me, the, the, the most productive place that I ever worked was, was the student studio at university. Uh, because it just had all of that uh, energy and thirst for knowledge and learning and sharing knowledge uh, you know, as part of the fabric of that place. So our studio is an open plan office and we very much communicate in, very, in quite formal ways on occasions by meetings and everything else and presentations, but there's a lot of informal kind of communication and on behalf of those year out students I mentioned earlier and others for that matter myself, there's a lot of um, a sort of interstitial kind of learning that goes on just by overhearing conversations and seeing how somebody's dealing with a with a problem or with a with a client. So and, uh, that's really really vital to the way that an architectural studio works. Right, I think it's absolutely the way to go. I, for one, will be taking up that option. Yeah, certainly makes I sense think for us. Sorry? Yeah, certainly makes sense from uh, my perspective. Yeah, do 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 carry on. And uh, but, but I think the studio is still the key element, and it, I, I felt really uh, anxious a little bit. So it was a delicate subject to bring to the, the staff when we were kind of moving out around where would we like to work, how would we like to work. But the decision was very easy for myself and, and Louise, my co-director, because everybody wanted to go back into the office, uh, which was great. Um, we are looking at adapting that, adapting the way that we work. We are giving people the option to work from home, so hybrid working is very much part of our pattern for the future. But we made adaptations as well. So well, you know, we've all been in Teams calls where it's been, um, yeah, slightly noise in the background or things happening into the background, and it can just sort of spoil things. So create situations and places within our office where there's degrees of privacy, so meeting rooms, breakout spaces, but also we've shown, we've, we've, people are now working in, um, dare I say, a, a situation where they have a bit more space around them. So we're making those adaptations at the moment to the office, and I think it's, it's only right as architects we we kind of take some learning from what's happened in the last two years and, and apply it to our own uh, circumstance and environment. Yeah, absolutely. And um, just reflecting on those last couple of years, are there any sort of major lessons that you will sort of take forward from COVID as a positive and implement as you sort of move forward into the future? Uh, uh, definitely. I mean, having sort of said what I, I just said about Zoom calls and Teams meetings, mm. uh, they're absolutely vital now. You know, we were finding ourselves charging up and down the country and the region, sort of go to meetings at the drop of the hat almost. And there seems to be a very uh, general acceptance that we were all acting a little bit stupid, really. And why wouldn't we just have a call and get our points across and do the business that we need to do uh, from the comfort of our own home or indeed our own studio or office? That, 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 that has to be the most positive and significant thing that we've all learned in the last two years. <clears throat> Incredibly important, isn't it, from a sustainability perspective as well? I mean, we're being a lot more time effective, but also without having to travel around as much as that. Um, I suppose, you know, we're saving on carbon emissions from sort of the journeys by car. We're not having to sort of commute on transport. So 
there are going to be some real beneficial repercussions from this, aren't there? Like this sort of new time effective way of doing things, doing these meetings remotely when we do have to travel. Yeah, absolutely. And also, the, the, I think the social aspect of the workplace, I hope, has become more relevant and more important. So, referring back to the student's studio again, function as well as always kind of a, a kind of at the fringes was you're kind of organizing your night out together as well as doing your work and working very hard and uh, as part of the reworking of our own studio um, the staff have been very keen to have quite a large kitchen space and sort of table the kitchen table area within the office because they see that as a, a, a place where they can um, come together again with both a social angle and also a, an angle into what they're working on so it's just different ways of doing things, isn't it? And uh, having a, a kind of a, a less formal aspect and context to it. So, you know, we're doing this work at the moment in the office and, and part of it will be, yeah, a rather, rather beautiful sort of kitchen area with a marble topped uh, kitchen table that we can all, we can all meet around. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Um, so that's something that's certainly on the horizon for yourselves over the uh, the coming months, uh, perhaps years, depending on how long it takes. And just thinking about the uh, the future as well, Mark, before we do uh, sort of wrap things up on the programme today, um, I'd be interested to understand that hopefully now we're coming out of the acute phase of the pandemic. Uh, what are some of the sort of big plans and ambitions on the horizon for your business? What is it you'd really like to achieve over this uh, next 12 months? I think um, I think it, it, it was something that was bound to happen anyway. So I'm 58 now, and I've been with a practice for which is our 30th anniversary this year, isn't it? Gosh, yeah. And mm-hmm. I think the thing that we have to do is, and it does relate to what's happened in the last two years, is just to make sure that um, people are in the right place in terms of the kind of organisation of Hudson Architects, and they feel that they have uh, they can they can progress with the practice too. So. I will be sort of changing my role to become more of a sort of a sort of person in the background, still doing that right work in terms of um, generating work and clients, but allowing my younger co-directors, Adam and Louise, to come and become the sort of people that, that lead the practice and, and, and allow for that succession through the practice. And we have in the last two months sort of actually – Sounds sounds tied down a number of younger members of staff to be with us for a long time and supported them, supported them financially and with uh, you know, their career progression. Uh, so I think it, it's we we think that we are at the moment working out how we operate within our environment. But our next phase is to think about how we uh, operate as an organisation and making sure that everybody feels comfortable about where they are and where they might be moving to in the next few years and understands their roles and responsibilities and the connectivity between everybody in the practice as well. So I guess it's just forced us to to, yeah, to, to make sure that we think about our own organisation and make sure that the, the pieces are in place in the right order. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's been a very self-reflective period, hasn't it? And I think we've learned an awful lot about ourselves over the last couple of years. And we're, you know, a lot aware of our own sort of health, our own mortality and our and the, the need for succession, as you as you say there. And while we're just on this topic, uh, just before we finish, Mark, actually, um, we do have a lot of younger viewers that tend to tune into this podcast that are of the entrepreneurial mindset, let's say. So, 
having sort of gone and launched your own business yourself and made it a success, for anybody who might have their own big idea that might be listening to this, what advice would you give to somebody like that to really get them on the road to success, having done it yourself? Um, uh, yeah, I guess one, one phrase which I've always carried with me, uh, whilst I've been a principal in practice, is that um, for me, in any, any kind of uh, discussions I have with, with clients or with contractors or planning officers, for me, it's always about the negotiables and the non-negotiables. And to be able to, to know what you're able to negotiate on very fully and freely and in a cooperative way uh, is, is good. But also you need to know what's, what's kind of non-negotiable because believe in your own skills, have confidence in your skills. You, you, you know, in, in my line of business, you are the person that's generated this idea uh, usually and you know what's important to it. And sometimes it's difficult to explain that, but you need to stay firm and understand that there are elements within whatever business you're in that's non-negotiable because that's 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 the bit that you know most about confident about um so that's that's something i've very fortunate having that confidence isn't it just to sort of be in that boardroom meeting or in that or whatever situation that when it comes to your turn you're able to access your um your in support of whatever project you're working yeah, certainly. And very, very sound advice indeed, Mark, I must say, and something that I'm sure will resonate with all of the listeners tuning in today. Um, with that, we are just about out of time, and it's been an immense pleasure having you on the uh, the programme. And I think just given that, you know, we've talked a lot about what's on the horizon for Hudson Architects and how the business is going to be sort of handing over that line of succession, um, I'd even perhaps relish the opportunity to sort of welcome you back onto the show once you are in that background role, just to kind of see how that's going and just catch up as to how things within the business are getting on into the future. Oh, thank you very much. Yes, that would be great. It'd be fantastic. I've really enjoyed having you on the show with us uh, this morning. It's been an immense pleasure having you. Sure, the listeners certainly share that sentiment. And by all means, Mark, um, do take care and stay safe with all still going on in the world as well, because I suppose we're not quite out of the COVID situation yet, but fingers crossed that better days certainly are ahead of us. Yeah, thanks, Scott. It's been a real pleasure. It was indeed a pleasure welcoming Mark Hodson of Hodson Architects onto today's show. And um, to everybody tuning in today, I do really hope that you enjoyed the interview just as much as I. And um, if you have been tuning in this morning and head your own business or organisation and feel that you have your own tale of success and innovation to share with us here at the Leaders' Council, then by all means, we also want to hear from you. So why don't you also apply to be on the show via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. Until next time, to all of our regular listeners, please do take care and goodbye.